Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner, and my faithful co-host tonight is Brian Henderson. Brian, are you there? I'm always here. Brian, man, I'm so excited about tonight's show. What about you? Oh, man, I, I couldn't wait. I've just been beaming with enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tonight's show is going to be awesome, man. We have our best-selling author and minister, Donna R. Lee Dyson. She's an awesome, one, awesome, awesome one woman of God. Brian and I had the opportunity of talking with her probably, what, Brian, probably for about a week now? Yes. And we've, we're all hyped up and we're ready for the listeners to hear from her and the blessings that she's going to store on this show and, and throughout the world, the people that are listening. So, you know, it's just going to be, I'm so excited. What do you think about it? I mean, I'm, boy, you know, just just in talking with her and hearing about her story, it's just, you know, amazing what God can do. Yes, yes. And so, you know, I, I think the listeners tonight will definitely get a blessing from, you know, hearing from her. You know what? She speaks with a lot of passion. And and the more she talks, the more you the the intense her her conversation will be. <laughs> Do you agree? Uh, yes, <laughs> definitely agree. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun. I think you know what she's doing a couple of things, and I think there's a conference she's holding in that she's a part of in Virginia, I believe. But when we bring her on, we can definitely get her to talk about it. Mm-hmm. The name of her book is Re- Refined by Fire. Minister Dyson, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. (laughs) Happy Friday, everyone, and to God be the glory. Yes, yes. To all the listeners, if you want to call in, if you have any questions for any one of us, please call 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Minister Dyson, you know, when I heard the title of the book, Refined by Fire, I immediately thought about past sufferings and pains and hurts and and just people just going through and being in the valley and and not having a solution. I just you know when you hear that when when you read that the title of the book Refined by Fire, that's one of the things that you know that just jumps out at you. Is, is this what this book is about? Yes, um, this book is is a compilation um, about twenty women in the country. Um, and they have we share heartfelt stories um with the readers um it, it's it's such an awesome and dynamic move of god um and and you're absolutely right uh the refined by fire definitely suggests that individuals as christians we have to go through we have to go through we can't escape it the word of god says that in this world we will we shall have tribulations but be of good cheer but often um I find that uh, the body of Christ, when we're hearing the teachings and the preaching, um, persons don't want to share so much about the sufferings. We think as Christians that we're, we're not supposed to go through. But that's such a contradiction of what the Word of God tells us. We are supposed to go through, but we have to know how to go through. Yes, yes. So you think, do you think that's some of the, the main issues and the problems that, people uh, or church folk or people that's just going through that's in the church, do you think that's probably something that uh, that's something that needs to be addressed? Definitely. I, I think um, that a lot of people sitting in, in congregations do not hear enough that they're not by themselves. Often when we go through different trials and different storms, our storms and our trials seem to be unique and they seem to be um, just something that only uh, we've been selected to go through. But if persons in the body of Christ, if men and women of God would be willing to be transparent to say, hey, you know what, I understand where you are because I too went through something similar similar to that, um, I believe that persons would receive their, their healing and, 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 and their deliverance that they need to get them through that process. Wow. Um, I have a question. You know, a lot of times, you know, and you talked about, you know, them not being ready for that process. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's more because they haven't been taught on a consistent basis, or do you think it's just because they weren't receiving it? Hmm. That's a good question. Um I personally think 
that um, a lot of individuals, for some reason, don't want to be transparent. And I don't know whether it's so much that they're not taught, because we know the Word of God. This generation knows the Word of God. We, we hear it. We hear good preaching. We hear good teaching. We're up under awesome leadership. But sometimes, um, I always say when individuals start getting deep, they start getting so um, sanctified that they forget that they had to go through some things as well. And, and they forget that, you know, they, they overcame by the word of the testimony, by the blood of the Lamb. It's, it's only when we help other people go through that we're able to actually receive the power and the blessing from God that he has for us. Mm. You know, and also... You know, I mean, when I think about how some people, you know, they say they want to receive and they want to be open, you know, mm-hmm. but a, a lot of times it's because they they haven't been as transparent as they should have been that they go through so much suffering over it. Right. You know, and, I, and you know, because, I mean, even at times I haven't been as transparent as I should have been about an issue. And so when I hear about, you know, refining you know, in and in the book Refined by Fire, when I heard that title, I'm like, wow, that's good. You right. Know, because you know, Isaiah 48:10 says, "Behold, I have refined thee." Yes, yes. Oh you God, know, that's, that's funny. Silver. You use that <laughs> You know, it says, "I've chosen yes. the furnace of affliction." Through the furnace of affliction. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's awesome that you brought that up. God has been giving me that word. Oh God, since the end of last year, and I didn't know why. I didn't know why, but I now know why. Um, you know, even with our suffering and, and what we go through, um, when, when the Bible talks about not as silver, in other words, God is saying, I'm not taking you through the same way that I take other people through. Yeah. But see, with you, because you're chosen, because my hand is upon your life, you're going to go through some of the furnaces of life. You're going to go through the furnace of affliction. I trust you so much that I know that regardless of how hot the fire gets, you're still going to serve me. You're still going to worship me. You're still going to give me and And God has actually selected some of us to actually go through. One of the things I touch on is being anointed to suffer. God has anointed us, some of us, to suffer. Um, and a lot of people don't want to sign up for that. They, they want to sign up for all of the other anointings, anointing to preach. And, you know, they want that. They want the anointing to pray. They, they want the anointing to minister before thousands and thousands. But what if God says, no, that's not what you're going to do. I have chosen you to go through some stuff. I want you to go through just to show them that it's my glory that's going to take you through, to show them that my glory far surpasses anything else. And and most of us don't want that. We want all of the stuff. We want all of the blessings. But we don't want to have to go through anything. We want the power of the resurrection, but we don't want to want we don't want the fellowship of suffering. We cut that part of the scripture out. Right. You know, we talk about power, but the real power comes when you're able to go through something and still go through it with integrity, keep your head up still praising God, still worshiping God, still giving him glory, and still just being a conduit of glory and hope for somebody else. Yes, yes, yes. You know what? In this book, did you write about your past sufferings? Yes. Um, I touched on, and, and the, the title of uh, my story, um, Anointed to Suffer, I touched on um, a lot of the dark moments that I had, um, a lot of things that um, was going on in my life, and it's just so funny how the title came about, um, the Anointed to Suffer piece. Um, I was sharing with uh, my first lady back in uh, November of 2000, and I was in a relationship that had gone bad, and I wanted to end it, but the Lord didn't want me to because the person wasn't strong in the Lord, and I didn't understand that, and then he dumped me. And I was having a fit. Lord, why? I don't understand. I was going to cut him, but you wouldn't let me. And, and, and I was sharing with my first lady, and she said, and it just blessed my heart. She said a lot of things, but that night she said something that touched me. She said, you know, Donna, she said, you've gone through a lot. And she said, one of the things that I've learned through teaching um, spiritual gifts is that there are some people that are actually anointed to suffer. 
And that thing stuck with me for years. And everything that I went through, every time I went through a different trial, a different season in my life, I, that just came to my mind. Um, in 2002, um, I was pregnant. And, um, I, you know, I was faithful, serving God, just ministering to his people, loving God, worshiping God, um, had gotten married, uh, went through the pregnancy, and my child was diagnosed with special needs. He was diagnosed with Down syndrome. And around everybody, I was fine. When people finally remembered to call me and check on me because everybody knew about it, but nobody was reaching out to help me, I didn't even know what I expected people to do. But when they finally remembered me, I said the right things. You know, I said, oh, whatever God allowed. I did the whole perfect Christian thing. But when no one was around, I struggled. I was suffering. I didn't know why God was allowing me to go through that. I blamed myself. I thought I had done something wrong. I was mad at God for at least three months. I just, I was shut down. Um, and then the Lord began to minister to me through John 9 uh, when the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned? They saw a blind man. They said, who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents? And Christ said, it was neither, but this happened so that the power of God will be made manifest. In other words, you know, God trusted me so much with Joshua, but it had nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with Joshua. But it's so that the glory of God can show through this child who the world has said would never do A, B, and C. But he's already, God has already shown the doctors and has already shown people that this child is going to be everything that I have designed him to be. You know what? And when you're saying that, let me ask you this. Did you feel like Job at some point? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, even now, um, you know, I got through um, the entire uh, birth of my child. I embraced it. I love him dearly. He's awesome. I don't know what I would do without him in my life. Um, life was going well. Marriage was going fine. Back in October, my grandmother, who was my Barnabas, she was my encourager, she passed away. Um, the night that I came back from burying my grandmother, my marriage ended. And I, I just felt like, wow, God, you know, w what's going on? Um, and But I only stayed in that place for a second because I had already had a history with God. And I knew that no matter what God allows in my life, that he was going to be there with me. Um, was nervous about it, but my prayer was, Lord, just give me peace. Um, didn't understand and still don't understand. But like in, in, in the book of Job, um, God asked Satan, he said, have you considered, have you thought about, have you considered my servant Job? You know, and, and to me that suggests that God trust Job so much that he knew that no matter what he allowed in his space, what he allowed in his life, what he took from him, um, from a material standpoint, the people that he removed from his space, that Job would still serve him. And, and I really believe that my relationship with God is such that, you know, regardless of what I don't have and who he removes from my space, God knows I love him so much that, that I will serve him, that I will worship him. I'm just a crazy worshiper. I love to worship God. I don't need to be prompted. I don't need anybody to pump me up. I will go in in a minute. <laughs> and once I get out, I don't want people to try to get me out. <laughs> but I definitely, I had um, many moments in my life of just feeling like, Joe, when I reflect back over my life, I think about different things that happened to me growing up. Um, you know, I think about how the enemy has tried to just snatch my very life from me. When I was 12, um, I hated myself. I tried to commit suicide. Um, it wasn't until later on in life that I reflected back on that and realized that the enemy tried to kill me a long time ago. Because, see, the enemy knows when when a person has potential. When God has laid his hands on someone, the enemy is, was around, and he knows. And so he didn't want to see that come to fruition, but God. And I'm just so thankful today as I look back over my life and I think about everything that I've gone through. I think about, you know, how I tried to end my life. I think about 
how, you know, I was raped. I think about the molestation. I think about these things that happened to me growing up, the bad relationships, the abusive relationships. I think about all those things have actually been the the conduit, what I needed to actually get me to where I am now. The The things that actually happened in my life gave me the passion that I have now to help other women who are still in that those situations. I'm sitting here reading, and um, this is something I, I, that I do on occasion when, we're, when I, we talk to guests. I, I'll open up my Bible, and I'll just start flipping through. <laughs> Wherever the Lord tells me to go, that's where I go. And I got the First Thessalonians mm-hmm. 3, 3. It says that no man should be moved by these afflictions. Mm-hmm. For my yourselves God, God. know that we are appointed thereunto. Mm-hmm. And... And then it said, just jump down. It says, for this cause, when I should no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, mm-hmm. lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. And see, what that speaks to me is it, it talks about the things that you went through, mm-hmm. the things that you went through. It it was something that, you know, when most people hear it on the surface, they're like, oh, my God, it, you know, she went through so much. And then they just keep on going. You know, they're just mm-hmm. like, Okay, not, but that was her, and you know, it looked like she okay. And nobody really truly knows how much that you had to suffer. Right. You know, nobody really knows how much you had to go through to get where you are. Right. You know, but the thing that 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 real get that really gets me it says in verse seven it says, therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you mm-hmm. in all our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. Mm. And so it's just that your tenacity to be in the spirit and be in the word and be able to, I mean, just to be able to do what you're doing now for the Lord is just a testament to his power. And, I, and I'm just so, I'm so grateful. Um, no, I would not have signed up for anything that I've gone through in terms of suffering. I would not have said, Lord, uh, I'll take that one. But, Years ago, when I prayed and said, Lord, use me any way you want, that was my signing up for it. That was my saying, Lord, whatever you allow, I'm okay with it. See, but sometimes we don't realize what we're saying, what we're praying, what we're asking God for. Um, Back to what I was saying about everybody um, wants to be anointed. Everybody wants the anointing of God, especially when they identify a calling on their life. And if you're really serious about this thing, if you're really passionate about the gospel of Christ and you really pray, you know, those type of prayers, Lord, whatever you will for my life, whatever it is, we have to realize what we are saying. What we're saying is, Lord, whatever the cost, whatever it is that I have to give up, whatever it is I have to walk away from, whatever disqualifiers I will have in my life, if it means just me and you, God, then do it. We don't realize that that's what we're saying. You know, Deion Sanders said a few years ago, and it blessed me, he said, people don't know the story behind my glory. They see you, and they think, wow, look at, look at her, look at him, look at what they're driving, look at where they live, look at how they look. I want to be like them. And we don't know what we're saying. If you want to be like someone that has uh, so much, seemingly have so much, then that means that there's a story behind everything that they have acquired. Every piece of wealth that they have, every material possession that they have, every area of anointing that they have, there's a story behind that. And most people that are powerful and, and that have awesome ministries, it's because they have gone through some stuff that most people don't even want to wish on their enemies. Yes, that's true. That's so true. And, Donna, you know, I'm like Brian. I'm blown away. Because some of the things that you've said tonight, you, you didn't share that with us. But I'm right. Just... <laughs> See how God is. God, I told what I tell you guys the other night. I felt like God was setting me up, and He always does it. He always He sets me up all the time because I prayed that prayer. Good, Amen. <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's, it's it's the transparency that that keeping people and you know that that's keeping people away from. You know, the ones that are not being transparent, that's the bondage. Right. That That's what's keeping them tied up and, uh, and, and stopping them from going into what they were really created to do. But right. let me ask you this. 
you know, every night you go to bed, you pray. Every morning you wake up, you know, you, you probably, you know, give thanks to the Lord. But when you go in the bathroom and you look in that mirror, what do you see? Now, and I'll say that again, now I see a woman of God, a confident woman of God, um, a woman of God that's strong and safe. Um, initially, when I looked in the mirror, I, I went through years, I, and I, I need for some woman to hear this, I went through years where I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I hated the very sight of me. Uh, people would tell me, oh, I think you're attractive, I think you're beautiful, and I could not receive that because on the inside I was so torn up, I was so torn down that I did not see that. Um, I, I, I saw everything that was wrong with me. I saw everything that, that people magnified as my issues. Um, my forehead was big, my lips were too thick, I was too short, I was too small, and that's all I saw, everything that people picked apart in me. But it wasn't until I developed a serious relationship beyond salvation with God that I realized who I really am, that I'm really fearfully and wonderfully made, that he, he formed me in my inward parts, that there is nothing wrong with me at all, that I am, I am beautiful. I am in his image. And, and now I can look in the mirror and go, wow, God did a good job. Because I believe that. I see I see the glory of God. I see it. And I know that God lives in me. And I know that it has nothing to do with um, the, the superficiality. It has nothing to do with the looks. Because beauty is fading. That's what the Word of God says. You know, as we get older, stuff starts falling off and dropping south and your hair turns platinum and all that kind of stuff. So that beauty is fading. But what's real is the beauty that's on the inside. And when you tap into that, when you get to a place in the Lord where you, you, you're, you're ridding yourself of the insecurities and you realize who you really are, you're able to look in the mirror and say, yes, God, you're absolutely right. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It has nothing to do with vanity, but I'm going according to the word of God because that's what he said. That's who he said I am. Mm. Callers or listeners, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. And the call-in number, if you want to call and talk to us, is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Donna, we're going to go to the calls and see if we have any callers that may want to ask you a question. You okay with okay. that? Okay, that's fine. Okay, good. Mr. Dyson, we have someone calling from the 478 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes. Yes, Minister Dyson, she's listening. Hi there. Hi. Um, this is Sonya Mosley. Um, Hi, Sonya. Um, I heard you say that um, anointed to suffer, <laughs> and I tell you, I can't just relate with that. Um, just feeling like it's just one big storm after mm-hmm. the other. What What would you say? To someone that that's listening tonight, that feel like I mean, you just don't get a breather in between, you know, all the turmoil, all the trials, and I mean, they really have just not lost faith, but just get weary in their well doing, and I mean, they love God and 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 know that God is there, and, and He's taking them to another level of faith, you know, but h- how do you get past the weariness? What I mean, what what really would you advice would you give them? Sonya, um I know exactly, exactly where you are and what I would say and this is you know, and I hate to sound like a cliche, but I would say that you have to stay in the face of God. You have to stay in the face of God. Girl, through the tears, the Bible says that if you sow in tears that you will reap with songs of joy. You have to stay in his face. You have to stay in his word. You just have to just thirst for him like never before. I mean, it has to come, just become like a, a deeper longing. Um, the same way we, we try to be in relationships, you know, when we um, uh, get into the intimacy of relationships, you have to have that same type of intimacy and passion and compassion for God and his word. And and if, if you're comfortable with knowing that um, you have um, ridden yourself of any sins, you've asked the Lord to forgive you, and you know that everything that's happening right now in your life, that God is just allowing it, you have to just 
just trust him through this, no matter what, no matter what it looks like. As a matter of fact, don't even look at it anymore. Don't look at it anymore. You know, God is just telling me tonight that it's going to be better than what it's been for you. It's got, I don't know what it's been like. I don't know what storms, but it's going to be better. If you just hold on just a little while longer, if you just trust and believe him, take him at his word, just know that no weapon that's formed against you will be able to prosper. Know that God has you in the palm of his hand and no one can pluck you out. And regardless of how hot the fire gets, you can't jump out. You can't jump out of the fire. You have to wait for God to actually bring you out of the place that you're in because the place that you're in right now is preparing you for your destiny. It's preparing you for your next move. It's preparing you for your Canaan. You've gone through Egypt. You're now in the wilderness. You have one one foot in the wilderness and one in the promised land. God is bringing you through that thing. He's bringing you through. And when you come through, you will come through as pure gold. If you just hold on, and one of the things God had to show me is that some people had to be removed out of my out of my space. Some of them were speaking negativity. This is not the season for that. God wants you surrounded with saints. And if you don't have people that's girding you up in prayer, you need to get one or two people that's going to touch and agree with you. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to be like Job's friends. I think Job called them um, comfortless. Uh, they, they didn't know how to comfort him. And so he shut them down. That's what you have to do. It's okay to shut people down. Shut them down. Don't hear nothing unless you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's coming from the Lord. And you will know because the Lord has been speaking some things to you in your quiet time with him. So if somebody comes to you and says something, all it's going to do is serve as confirmation. But my word to you is stay in God's face. Stay there. Be persistent. Stay there. Pray. If you can't pray, just call on the name of Jesus. Go into your your language, whatever. Just go there. Stay in his. Just stay in his face. Thank you. You know what? You know, Donna. When when a person is going through, what would you say about the the, the company that they're keeping? I know you said that to shut people down. It's okay mm-hmm. to shut people down. Do you think that that person needs to, I know you said, stay in the face of God. What type of other works do you think they need to do? Do you think they need to still walk into what their heart desires are, or do you think they need to just sit still and wait? Um, I think it depends. I think that we can be still and know. We can be still and just know that God is working things out. But at the same time, if God already spoke something to you, then we still have to move in the direction. I'm just one. I keep it moving. I may go at a snail's pace. But I keep it moving. I may keep it moving through tears. I may be like the woman that had the issue of blood and press my way through. But I keep it moving. Because with me, and this is just how I am, with me, if I sit and do nothing, then I'm going to wallow in it. And I'm very fearful of, of, of going into a spirit of depression. Discouragement is rough enough. But when you go into a depression, that's a little harder to come up out of. So with me, I have to keep it moving. I have to stay in God's face. Um, I don't have a lot of people in my inner circle, but the few people that I have around me, oh, they're prayer warriors. They're praying. They don't even have to tell me they're praying because when you're connected to God and when the people around you are connected to God, you will feel somebody praying for you. You could feel heavy one moment and all of a sudden feel burdens lifting. That's when you know people are praying for you. So you have to definitely... Recheck your space. And you know what, Donna? Something that you said that was so interesting about about shutting people down. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the negative energy will come from family members. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Mm, Jesus, you have family members, church family. Uh, can I just tell the truth? Go ahead. I mean, I know this is out there now, but it will. It will come from people that you expected uh, an encouragement word from. And they either didn't say anything or they came with something crazy. I mean, just craziness. Everybody will project their own opinions. Um, when when um, my marriage fell apart, when my husband left me, um, I had someone tell me, oh, you sure you, sure you want to do this? You sure you don't want to get him back because this going to make you twice divorcee? The devil is a liar. I don't care what it looks like. 
God wants me to have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. I am the head and not the tail, and I am a king's kid. I'm not supposed to be chasing behind nobody. The Bible says that a man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Oh, not the wife go and find him and chase him. The devil is a liar. And I'm, I'm, I'm just so sick and tired of saints just poisoning people who are hurting and who are wounded. Yes, I shut people down. I go into a zone. I only allow certain people to speak into my life. I don't go eat from every table. I listen to the word of God coming from my pastor, and, and I take in the word of God for myself. And, and I think that's so critical because a lot of times when we're going through, we shut down the word of God. And that's the very thing that we don't want to close. Shut everybody else out. Close everybody else. Close all the doors. But keep the line of communication with God open at all times. Minister Dyson, I just wanted to read something else because it's funny you said uh, you talked about, you know, chasing um, after your ex-husband. And, you know, it made me think about a show we did in the past about, you know, why women cheat well, why, why men marry, why men don't, why women marry, why women don't. Mm-hmm. And I can remember um, a Bible verse that just stuck in my head for like weeks after. And it was Hosea 2 7. Mm-hmm. And it says, And she shall follow after her lovers, mm-hmm. but she shall not overtake them. And mm-hmm. she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband, mm, or then good. it was how better good. with me than now. Mm. And see, what that, and, and, you know, and when you start talking about how, you know, your situation with your ex-husband, it made me think about it. All you did was return to your first husband. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it wasn't your, exactly. your, it wasn't your first natural husband. Exactly. It was, exactly. It was your first husband. Who was the first That's husband, it. Brian? My God, my God, and it's interesting that you should bring that up because the conference that we're doing August the 3rd, um, we have um, Evangelist Olivia still, she actually is hosting it. Um, She's asked me to speak, and I believe that my topic is um, God my lover, God my husband. And it's just so interesting because I was sharing with Olivia just on email, and one of the things I am very passionate about, um, and ladies that, that I mentor will tell you this, I talk a lot about intimacy with God. I'm very serious about that because God God is our first love. You know, the Bible says a couple times return to your first love because sometimes as women what we do is when we finally meet our Boaz, we finally meet that fine man that we've been looking for and praying for. You know, even if we don't want to admit it, you know, we want to keep it between a sister girl, sometimes we put God on the back burner or he becomes second. And God says, nobody will take my place. I'm still a jealous God. I still command that first seat. And I know that I've been guilty of that. I have, you know, yes, we should take care of our husbands and and the needs of our uh, husbands and children. Yes, that's definitely biblical. But God still comes first. God still comes first no matter what. God still reigns and rules over every situation in our lives, and we need to always keep that in mind that God comes first. And we need to love up on God. See, because this is the key. If we don't know, if we don't learn and know how to love up on God and be intimate with him, then our intimacy with our spouses is going to be hindered. Mm. And that's what a lot of people miss. You know, we get really, really deep and, you know, we're speaking in tongues, but yet we don't really know what true intimacy is all about. We we think that true intimacy is just the, the whole sexual experience, but it's it's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than the, the, the man and woman coming together and doing what they do. It's so much deeper than that. So, Donna, what do you think about, you know, there's a lot of women out there. It's a lot of women, not not only women. There's a lot of men and women out there that want to be married. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've heard some conversations, and I'm telling you, it, it was kind of scary because a lot of women want to be married so bad. Mm-hmm. It sounds like if they did have a husband, they would place him 
over God. You're absolutely right. Um, it's kind of touchy. Um, we, I mean, let's go to um, the book of Genesis. Um, in, in, in Genesis, when when God was um, talking to Eve, he said something like, you will always long for your husband. In other words, the woman will always have that, baby, I want you, I want you, I want you, regardless of how he treats us, regardless of any of those things, we will always have that longing because we're so compassionate. And, and the scary part, um, I think, nowadays is that women are starting to settle. They're starting to settle because they feel like, you know, they believe in this hype that, you know, you're a certain age, and if you're not married by a certain age, you won't get married. So what we're doing essentially is we're not waiting anymore for God to give us the man that he has designed and prepared for us we're choosing who we want. I mean, and I've been guilty of it, amen. I, I've been guilty of that. We're choosing who we want based on the look, based on the fact that, you know, he looks good in that suit and he's he's up in the church or he's up in the pulpit or, or you know, he has a good job or he drives a nice car. And we're not really listening anymore in that area to what God has to say, who God wants for us. We want to select who we want because we feel like we're running out of time. And, and then my question becomes, what if God decides that you will never get married? You want to be married, but yet you have the gift of singleness. Mm. But you don't embrace the gift of singleness because you're so busy trying to get married. And God says, no, baby, I don't have that for you. So essentially what we will do is we will just go from person to person to person to person, and we're just you know, bringing all this stuff on us and wondering why we're going through so much and why we're so heavy and why there's such a weight on us because we have so many soul ties that we have not broken away from because we keep connecting to people that are not meant for us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's so true. If you're just listening in, um, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and if you have any questions for Minister Dyson, please give us a call at 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Minister Dyson, I'm going to go to the to the phone lines. We have a caller from the 410 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, hello. Hi. You have a question? Yes, hi, everyone, and God bless Minister Dyson. Yes. Hi. Hi, this is Tara Rideout. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing so fine. I'm doing actually well. I have some um, friends sitting here listening, and we've just been blessed so much by what you said, and now we have so many things we wanted to comment on, but you've said so much. To God be the glory. <laughs> um, but one of the things we talked about the other day, and we just wanted to get some input, we were talking about how it seems that people who have the highest calling on their lives initially are attacked by the enemy when it comes with their finances mm. because he realizes that, when he attacks their finances, it puts a hold on them mm -hmm. being able to actually do the work of God, especially if they want to produce certain things or um, be a kind of an entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. the more people we talk to, we find that that's common when it comes to um, emerging Christians or people who've started that walk. Their attack initially it goes straight to their finances. And then people who seem to not be a threat to the kingdom seem mm -hmm. to have an easy, easy access finances and money and things like that. So when you talked about how um, you're refined by the fire and sometimes you're anointing and how things happen just to test you, I was listening a couple weeks back when um, the author, author Beverly Gooden was on there and she was speaking about how we need to strategize because the enemy is strategizing against us. And I just wanted to know if you had any um, suggestions or scriptures as it came to that. Um, I totally agree with you, um, and, and I thought it was just me. I, I, I used to say um, God just is so funny. I always say God is funny when it comes to me because the Lord will have me sow seeds into people's lives. And sometimes it's at times when I really, really, really don't have it. And, you know, one day I was talking to God and I said, Lord, I don't understand why it is that I'm struggling financially. I go through my financial struggles, and during those times, you want me to sow. But yet, I'm sitting back waiting for someone to sow into me, and nothing's happening, God. I don't understand that. And the Lord spoke to me and said, they're not being obedient. I'm trying to teach you 
obedience. And I say that to say sometimes with me, when I have moved from um, a position of financial struggle, it's been when God has pushed me or put me through the test where I've had almost nothing, and he's had me to sacrifice. He's had me to sacrifice. Little becomes much in the master's hand. What we think we don't have is actually enough for God to do great work. God will line people up to sow into your lives, to sow into your ministry, people that don't even know you, people that you probably would never expect anything from. God will have your very enemies to sow into you. I think that definitely it is a ploy of the adversary to try to attack people of God who are trying to launch into this new place in the Lord, their new ministries and their new um, opportunities to come against the finances. He knows that if he try to attack your health that you're going to keep it moving. He knows that if he could try to come at your relationships, you're going to keep it moving. But if he could just stunt your growth by trying to uh, take away your finances, then he feels that you're going to just stop. But you have to keep going no matter what it looks like. Even with the little that you may think you have, God will take that little bit and he will make a lot out of it. So just trust him in that area. You know, what I did also was I increased in my tithing. Instead of 10%, I gave 15%. That's when you really make the enemy mad. You make him mad. You say, okay, you think you're going to mess with me? I'm going to give more. And God will just blow your mind if you just trust him even with the finances. Mm-hmm. Minister Dyson, I, you know, I'm I'm going through my Bible again, and and I. <laughs> That's and, a good thing to have handy, isn't it? <laughs> and I landed on Deuteronomy eight eighteen. Mm. It says, "But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power yes. to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, yes. she swear unto thy fathers, mm-hmm. as it is this day." And see what that says to me is that. It wouldn't matter how much money you got because exactly. God's giving you that ability to get that money to establish his covenant. That's so what it. you might think is, you know, a financial, you know, situation where, oh, I'm going through finances. See, that money's not for you anyway. That money's for him. Well, let me just you tell you this. Sow in. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And so, you know, when you say when you're sowing into that ministry or when you when you have that money and you're saying, oh, Lord, I can't pay my light bill, He's already saying, no, no, I'm getting the glory out of all of this. Right. <laughs> you know, right. everything that you everything that you've been obedient with, I've already I've already made a way. He said, and he gives us so much more. You know? So much more. So much more than what we're even asking for. He gives us so much more. I was um having a pity party one day. I said, Lord, you have birthed books in me and I don't know how I'm gonna be able to publish these books. I don't have the money. I don't have the means. I'm going through this this whole um, single parenting thing again, God. I don't have the means. And as I'm sitting there whining and going through my pity party with God, I opened up my email and it was a publisher. And they wanted me to be a part of something. And it blew my mind because at first I said, wow, you know, my whole thing was, how'd they find out about me? You know, but God allowed me or allowed that to happen so that I could see that I didn't need the means. I didn't need to know where it was coming from. And now I'm I'm launching um, a pub, my own publishing service as a result of that, as a result of me opening up an email and God showing me, look, baby, I want you to stop whining because I've already worked it out. Anything that I've called you to, anything that I've promised you, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to fruition. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure out where it's coming from. You just walk in it. You just walk in it, and whatever you do, don't look at the wicked because that stuff is going to be cut off in a minute. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. You know, don't start looking at them. What is it, Psalm 37? You know, it said, do not fret because of evildoers. Don't look at that. Don't look at them. And I know we get caught up in that because sometimes it's it's not fair. We look at them and we're like, God, I go to church every week. I go to three or four services. I'm in your word. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm praying for people that don't like me. And here this person driving up that don't even know you, don't serve you, and they have that 745 BMW, and I'm driving a hoopty. Explain that, God. 
<laughs> you know, but we can't get caught up in that. We can't get caught up in what they have. The Lord is going to give us so much more. He has so much more for us than the material thing. Yes, he does. Hmm. Minister Dyson, I'm going to go to the phone lines. We have a caller calling in from the 972 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? Yes, she's not. We have another caller. We're going to go to another caller from the 757 area code. Caller, are you there? Hello, y'all. This Olivia. Hi. <laughs> Woman of God. I, I ran from the store. I said I must call and talk to my favorite three people. Out <laughs> <laughs> of the girl. Oh, my God. It's just the show has been great because y'all have just been stepping on my toes. <laughs> because um, especially the caller that just called in, uh, personally, you all know that I was going through that. Pity party, financial, Lord, I'm doing everything for you, but why are you not doing enough for me? <laughs> but you don't know, I didn't get to tell you, but we have a building for the conference. Mm. God blessed us because for the ones that didn't know, um, the enemy was really coming against us doing this conference. And Brian and Greg, and you know, and it was like things were flowing, then all of a sudden we didn't have a place for it. And the money was not there. And I was going through, God, I'm doing this. I'm doing books. I'm touring. I'm supposed to do all this stuff you tell me to do. And where is the money? But, see, a lot of times, as you said, Brian, the, the money that we think is supposed to be ours is not ours. Right. <laughs> and the enemy will have you looking at things as though what we supposed to possess and why God is not doing this for us. God don't owe us anything. That's it. That's it. He don't owe us anything. And right, and I mean, I was going through a pity party too. But at the last minute in my mind, when I thought everything was going to fall apart, I thank God for Greg. But I mean, y'all are great friends. Cause, you know, I just was going through. But today, just to show how God is, when you don't give up, he called, I called, someone called me, and um, I told them how much I need to put a deposit down. And I asked them, I said, well, can you put the deposit for the building? Well, they said, no, I'm going to pay for the whole conference for those days. Wow. And I said, okay. Wow. And then they asked, well, what about your books? They're paying for the books, too. Wow. So up the glory. Honey, when I tell you and tell the listeners that my pocketbook was sitting like on the $2 mark, and I needed $3,000 to do something, and like, okay, God, when is this going to happen? God stepped right in. He didn't just do what I asked, but he did more than that. So we just got to keep the faith, and I'm just so proud of you and these two gentlemen on the phone. <laughs> God be the glory. And you know, Olivia, one of the things that um, one of the things that I've gone through and the Lord had to recently show me where I was with this um, I can believe, and you know, I sent you a couple emails saying, "Don't worry, girls, already worked out." Yeah, right. You did. I can, I can believe for everybody else, and this is for <laughs> some woman of God. This is for a woman of God that I'm speaking to right now. I can believe for everybody else, but when stuff happens in my life, or when things are not happening. It's hard for me to believe the same thing that I would believe for you, the same way I emailed you and said, girl, don't worry about it. It's already done. God has already worked it out. When yeah. I get a cutoff notice, I'm, you know, I'm tripping. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I always have to be reminded. I have a best friend who reminds me all the time, Donna, you believe for everybody else. You will sit there and pray for them and pray them through and know that God's going to work it out. You stand on the word of God for everybody else. But we have to, as women and men of God, as children of God, we have to always believe for ourselves. The same God that's going to take somebody else through that we preach to and that we pray for, he already have us covered. Exactly. He has us covered. And you know, you, when I was laying in that bed and I was, I mean, I cried that night before. I mean, I cried and, I mean, I was talking to Greg and he was like, stop saying that stuff. I mean, I'm the same way. I can talk to anybody and tell me what God can do. But now it was pushing on me, and it wasn't feeling good. And, and the enemy will play with your mind. She sure. will play with your mind. I was ready, and I'm going to tell you the truth. 
I was ready to email all of y'all and tell everybody I'm sorry. I was ready to cancel the book tours. I mean, it was just like, this is it. I No, see, I would have showed up anyway. <laughs> I, see, Greg and Brian, you don't invite me somewhere and then call me up and tell me no. I'm so I would have showed up anyway and found out where you live and said, uh-uh, we're going to preach. If we have to preach to each other, we're going to preach the word of God. I, it's amazing because you came in my mind when I was, you was the first person who came in my mind when I said I was going to counsel. Because when you called me and you remember you said, girl, I'm sitting here preparing for the conference. And the Lord was like, how are you going to call her? and tell all these people you canceled in this conference. And just thinking about what, if if I give it up, I may be giving up blessing someone else. And so, so we can't give up. We have to keep going regardless. I mean, and it, it don't feel good when you get hit and you're the one usually that's encouraging other people. But we have to live what we speak and teach. Oh, definitely. definitely. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's something else. Olivia, yesterday when we when you were going through, mm-hmm. you you were you were in the valley. You were pretty low. Yeah, I was. We, I was we, in the dry bone phase. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was. She was really, really. It was rough. rough. It was rough. But the thing about it is, when you're in that valley, God will send you who you need. Yes. Yes. To speak the word that He's given, because at that point when you were talking to me yesterday, mm-hmm. I kept saying, Olivia. Listen for God's voice. Yeah, you did. Just listen. You did. And a lot of times, because we don't listen to him and we're the ones doing the whining and the complaining Mm -hmm. about this and about that, he's saying, the way I do this is none of your spiritual business. Exactly. That's right. That's right. You just press on as if it's already done. And sometimes we're, we're expecting God to come one way, Right. And God already decided he was going to come another way. And y'all know one of the, one of the scriptures, one of the uh, verses that I've been talking about to the two of you, um, the Elijah thing. You know, he had just went through those victories on Mount Carmel. Yeah. He had just, you know, stopped it from raining. I mean, the whole, the prayer, and, and then the victory on Mount Carmel. And then at the threat of an enemy, he wanted to quit. He went and set himself under a tree was like, Lord, just kill me. Just take me. Lord, I quit. I can't do this no more. I don't have nobody right. on my side. And he fell asleep. And the word of God says that God sent an angel and spoke to him and that the raven fed him, told him, That's get right. up, go eat, because you got a long journey ahead of you. In other words, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop having a pity party. Pick That's up that right. word. Stay in that word. Because, girl, this is just the beginning. You have a yeah. long journey ahead of you. Your destiny <laughs> has already been determined. Your Canaan is right there. And everything that you go through right now has been strategically set up to prepare you for your destiny. That's why everything happened the way it happened. That's yeah. why God allowed whoever it was that he allowed to be blessed to make sure that the conference goes through. Exactly. I'm t- I mean, as Greg was out it was ready to get canceled. I had called April. I said, this is, I can't do this. And How then, do we, 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 I'm sorry for cutting you. We think that we can cancel the things that God has set up. Wow. How do we think? It's crazy. It's crazy. And God, he just stepped in. And then Brian sent me a message today um, in the book of Corinthians. And I was reading it. And one thing that stuck with me after Greg had told me all this stuff, was like having nothing but owning everything. And I rem- that verse, it's just like, okay. And I told him, I told you, but I said, it's like God was speaking right to me right then because I was like, I have nothing. And that's the way I was feeling. I have nothing. But the scripture saying, but having everything. But truly, when we have Christ, we do have everything. Right. It's just not at the time and the season all the time that we want it because sometimes we don't know how to handle everything that God has for us. Right. We have to be prepared for it so we won't put it before him, like you said, right. with the husband. He's That's not going right. to a man if the man is going to be over him. we got to learn how to put God first and still love that man. And some of us, God is not going to allow us to be millionaires. We would absolutely kill ourselves and some other people. We would just destroy ourselves. God is not going to entrust exactly. 
a lot of stuff to some of us. I know with me, God would never allow me to work in like an ice cream store. You know why? Because none of the ice cream would be sold. I'll be sitting there eating up all of it. Really. I mean, he knows who can handle what. He knows who who he can give what to. It's not by accident that I don't have that 645 BMW. That's probably way too fast for me. And, you know, I need need a car that's going to make sure that me and my children are safe. That's right. God's not going to do some of the things that we ask for. It is definitely not in the will of God for our lives. That's so we right. really need to stop tripping and stop looking at, you know, will this person have it and that person mm-hmm. have it. That's you know, right. they can handle it. They That's can right. handle it. Some of That's us true. don't even need to be married because we can't handle it. Uh-uh. We don't want to cook. We don't want to clean. I mean, I don't even want to get on that one. There's so many it's so many. Yeah, it's so many things that God will not allow us to have because we are not ready. Exactly. We are not ready. We have not shown him that we can handle it. He exactly. needs to know that he can trust us. Be faithful over a few things, and exactly. then I will make you ruler over many things. You know, I want pre- to, uh, keep preaching up here. I want to break in right quick because we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I'm reading in uh the 37th Psalm, that's where you, I heard you say it. Yes. And uh, you started out talking about the, um, say, fret not because of evil doing. Yes. And as I'm reading down, I get here and it says, uh, the wicked plotted against the just and gnashed mm-hmm. upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. Yes. And, you know, and it, and it goes on talking about, you know, how to, how, the righteous man is better than the riches of many wicked. Mm. And then when I got down to verse uh, 37, and it said, Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. Mm. See, what we're going through, what we're talking about, you know, oh, I don't have this little bit for this little thing. That's so small to God, because God is saying, you got to remember. And it says up, up a little further, it says, the wicked watches the righteous and seeketh to slay him. See, Satan is always looking for an opportunity to trip you up. Right. Because he don't want the word to come out of you. That's right. Because That's once, right. The word, once the word comes out of you and that word has come from on high, it has to accomplish its intended yes. task. Yes, 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 yes. And it has, it has to. It has no other choice. That's because right. It can't, it can't return void. That's it. It can't return void. If if it returns void, then it's not the word coming from exactly. God. Exactly. That's it. Mm. You know, and so it says further in here, it says, The Lord will not leave him in his hand, mm. nor condemn him when he is judged. So you're going to have times where people talk about you and people say, um, I, you know, I put a blog out and I talked about sharing your dreams. Mm-hmm. You know how you got to be careful who you share your dream with mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people out there that are dream killers. Right. They are dream killers. Their 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 whole intent is to kill your dream. Yes. You know, and they may not even know they're dream killers, but they kill your dreams because they'll say, "You trying to have a conference? Right. You need three thousand dollars. You ain't even working no regular job." Right, right, right. You write in a book. What you have to say? You know, writers don't make a lot of money. Exactly. don't make money. <laughs> Donna, 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 we need you to give your information out. We have about a, about less than two minutes. Oh. Okay. Give your information out so the callers can get your book, one, so they can contact you for the speaking engagement. Yes. And also, if you have an email address where they can just converse with you from time to time. Sure, sure. My website is www.a dash servants heart one word dot org that's a dash servants heart dot o r g my email address is minister to you at a o l that's m i n i s t a the number two the letter u at a o l dot com minister to you at a o l dot com and also, Donna, I think you were supposed to be in a conference. The conference that you were speaking about with Olivia, where, where is that and when is it? That is on August the 3rd through the 5th, and it's in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, check my website out. Uh, it, it will be updated this weekend. So just periodically check the website. You'll see the flyer out there. 
um, definitely come out and support us. Come out and pray for us and, and just be an encouragement. You know what, Donna? This show was more than Brian and I ever thought it would be. We thank you for coming on. And a lot of people that listen to the show, they've gone through that fire, and now they've been refined. To God's glory. Yes. Again, we would like to thank you. You've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. And Donna, I think we accomplished that tonight. Bless God. I thank you all for having me, and God bless you. And may the Lord continue to smile upon you. Yes, I'm sure he will. If you need to get in touch with me, my name is Gregory Turner. My email address is Gregory Turner at AbundantSolutionsEnterprises.com. Brian? And my name is Brian Henderson, and my email address is info at MindAlteringStrategies.com. All right. Until Monday, 9 p.m., we'll see you then. Thank you so much, Donna. God Thanks, bless Donna. you. Thank you.